Welcome to Pavant Guard. I'm Andrea Gazetta. I'm Katrina Davis. And I remembered my own name. It's Jordan Williams. <laughs> Who is she? Said the wrong part of the episode at that point. And today we're covering Rachel Royce. Yay! Yay. Were you about to say, and I'm Rachel Royce? I absolutely was. (laughs) I 100% was about to uh, mix up which intro I was doing. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) Who is she? She knows her own name? Amazing. Incredible. I'm just, you know, Katrina got us onto NPR, and since then, just the fame has gone to my head. It's so silly. But I did squeal when I heard that. Bro. Okay. Jordan sent us all pics to our text messages and mine just loaded and they're very beautiful. So I'm excited to talk about Ooh. this artist. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and my phone has been very slow, but I am also looking now. Yeah. Oh, that's totally fair. No, I, uh, I wanted to kind of bring in like a nice little salve for... <laughs> The end of the year, or I think this is coming out in January, so for the start of the new year, um, Rachel Royce's story is kind of what Artemisia deserved. Like, it's mm. how it should have happened. Uh, also, Judith Leister and what was her name? Keens from the last episode. Like, Margaret. These are... Her story is really like just what should have been all of the women that we cover. They all should have. They all deserve this. And Rachel got it. And she's an incredible, uh, incredible painter. The other reason that I wanted to cover her is because I get to talk about like Dutch and Flemish trading ports, which is uh, another little known thing of mine. You had me at trading ports. (laughs) I'm going to level with you guys. I have been hanging out with some very autistic friends and sometimes I do things and explain to them my childhood and they just go, I think you're autistic. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) And one of the big things is having very specific special interests that you can talk a lot about. And I was like, anyway, we have this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. That's oh. so funny. It's I fine. I was actually <sighs> just talking to someone about this because they tested me for autism when I was younger and every test came back as like a big, eh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> who could say? <laughs> so it's not a no. I like it. Keep them guessing, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I just, uh, I'm I'm that type of neurodivergent where the doctors were just kind of like, what? We know it's different, but we don't know how. <laughs> yeah, there's something we can't quite place. Um, that was before they started calling it autism spectrum disorder. So, like, I think that at the time it was a yes or no. And uh, yeah, all those maybes had my parents very concerned. You were the Ross and Rachel of autism. Like, will she, won't she? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a quick, because I've also just had the month from hell. So this is going to be a very quick. Uh, I love it. I'm kind of no dates speed run through Dutch economics really quick. 
Okay. So that we can kind of understand the context of this story a little better. I love it. Um, and also why the style of painting was as popular as it was because the, so Rachel Roish did still lifes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about like why hers are so lasting and timeless and also dynamic. Rough um, like guess like what, era like 17th century like 1700s yeah Yeah. 17th century so like 1600s 1600s okay yeah so to get to that point though we do have to add the context of what was happening in the netherlands at this time so and actually we're gonna go back a bit to martin luther i wish i were kidding but this story all time traveling (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna speed run you guys through my favorite party trick which is how the 99 theses end up with uh flemish paintings of cows in landscapes so martin luther we all know him we all love him i I guess um so 99 theses he has an issue with the catholic church at the time the church is the church there is no delineation it is all one one religious body for his he had, time, Martin Luther was punk rock as fuck. Oh, like, absolutely. For his time. He was, he was like, making fuck zines, the police. You guys. Yeah. And church. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. No, like he was. <laughs> this was the, yeah. the equivalent. And the thing, the none of this would have been possible without the printing press as well. Because uh, if this had happened before the printing press and before literary, like uh, literation, literacy, thank you. Um, he would have just been killed and nobody would have really known. He would have been like walking around the well in town going, I think the Pope might be the devil. And then they'd kill him because that's blasphemy. <laughs> they'd be like, who yeah. killed you? Oh, that guy over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he... And then before uh, that, the one guy they could have read would have got him in trouble and everyone would have been like, what happened? Why'd they kill that guy? <laughs> like they wouldn't have even known why. <laughs> he oh yeah, no. The Pope had a hit squad. <laughs> Just like the Pope is gangsterous fuck. Like that guy must have known something. Anyway, <laughs> we talked about it on Patreon. Um, there's a conspiracy that the Pope killed Caravaggio or had Caravaggio killed in prison. Like it's mm. a it's a whole thing. So he's a gangster. Um, so Martin Luther has his 99 theses. This splits the church. Now we have Lutherans and Catholics, and the church is no longer one unified body. So what happens is you have in the Netherlands the Dutch and the Flemish, and those are Lutherans and Catholic. Basically what happens is because the Lutherans don't believe in the idolatry of imagery, basically that was one of uh, Martin Luther's big issues with the church was that we have all these paintings, stained glass statues. We're praising them more than we're praising God. This is idolatry. This is the golden calf, yada, yada. So they, take it back to this bare bones thing, but people are people. So we still want art. But now in the Netherlands, instead of painting Jesus. biblical stories, right. we're painting parables and we've got the blind leading the blind. And we've got all of these different um, kind of morality stories that are not biblical in nature. And what else is happening there is you now have a free market. So this is a very rich area. This is the the, the Netherlands were um, very big on trade, very big on textiles and furs. 
Um, the Netherlands where one of there were there were two like East India trading company versions or something like weren't yeah. wasn't the Netherlands home to one of the first sort of like colonial expeditions yes. to get resources? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so this is like a re- but not only were they looking for resources, it was already a resource rich area. Mm-hmm. And then you have all of these waterways and ports and you know, you have a lot of access to the rest of the world. Especially at a time when traveling by boat is much faster than getting on a horse or whatever. Yes. And you have um, uh, Van Eyck was a huge, like if you want to study the history of textiles in the Netherlands, Van Eyck is one of those artists that it is so easy to track because he would paint people and paint the textiles that were a status symbol at the time. So you have some very interesting and very detailed uh, accounts of what the fabrics and the textiles and the furs would look like. So you have a very, very rich economy that does not believe in painting uh, religious iconography, but still has a very religious society. Mm hmm. So, and this is like, at this point, we're hundreds of years past Martin Luther. Like, this is this is the Dutch are well-established, the Flemish are well-established. This is how it goes. Um, because the Italian Renaissance also is not the only Renaissance happening. You also right. have the Northern Renaissance, which is happening in the Netherlands. So, basically, you have kind of this perfect storm in the Netherlands of a free market, which means that people are producing art and textiles and books and prints and woodworking and metal carving. And it's the tulip crisis becomes a thing later. Is the distribution of wealth at this time more equal than a lot of other European countries as well? Yes. Like, you have a rise of a middle class, right? Because there's a merchant yeah. class that with yes. all of this trade is becoming richer. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's exactly it. So what happens is artists are now not beholden to the church because the every man is buying art. And you also have mm-hmm. prints, which are meaning that you can price art a lot lower. So you have developing in the Netherlands a class of artists and you end up with guilds and you've got these um it's a very reasonable and financially stable artist class basically mm-hmm. um and Just what like you a do maker a blacksmith or anything else they're the same exactly like, yeah and what you do and andrea gets this because the the everybody wants a pet portrait uh, you paint what people want. You yes. paint what people want. So, so many dogs. We get several classes of paintings and we get painters who are constantly churning out very specific. They get their style. They get the thing that they paint and then they sell that. But other people are also selling that. So now we have an influx of landscapes with cows in them because people like landscapes with cows in them. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but we're not talking about landscapes with cows. I just wanted to talk about how the reason that there are so many paintings of landscapes and cow landscapes and cows of cows in landscapes 
in Dutch art is because literally because of the printing press. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Wait, how did it go Wait. from the printing press to cows? I don't did understand cows why run it... the printing press like in the <laughs> yeah, they did. commercials. No, no. So <laughs> No, okay, they, let me see if I, I can do this better. Badly spelled request to paint more cows. Whatever. <laughs> they're always me, anonymous. They're like using their little hooves to like Stamps set the, the type. Yeah, <laughs> it's the seal of approval, and it's just the cow stamp, the cow hoof. <laughs> so let me see if I can do this faster. Printing presses invented. Literacy rises. Martin Luther does the ninety nine theses. It splits the church. We stop having uh, religious iconography. I forgot we have about a very rich, Yeah, we have a very rich economy, uh, growing middle class. We have an artist class. We have people selling art that other people will buy. People want cows in landscapes. Boom. Why? Why that specifically? Like, here's the thing. Okay, my mom, to this day, loves cows in landscapes. She grew yeah. up on a farm. If she sees a cow on a hill, she will stop to take a photograph every time. We like, love it. I get it, but I don't I like, always why thought that was a French thing. Like when I saw paintings of it, I don't know why. I always no. thought that that was something we stole to be fancy because it was like French cows and pastures. I don't know why I thought that. That's totally weird. No, um... I thought all those cows were French. <laughs> you know <laughs> what it is? You move away from being beholden by religious objects and mm. get to get, I mean, it's, it's the same kind of thing that happens with like public art, where if you want to sell the most paintings, you are going to make something that's not offensive, that's beautiful, uh -huh. that showcases your skills. It's the smiley face of the 17th century, whichever century we're yeah, in. Right yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, one more joke. Hey, Andrea had a cows in France, moo. Le moo? Mo. Oh my god. <laughs> right? Shut up. Right? I feel like that's how they would do it. <laughs> mo, mo, mo. Oh god, that got me. Okay. I just imagine that this cow has one of those mustaches that curl at the ends for some reason. Like they're gonna tie a woman to train tracks. I don't and know. And you can only see one horn because one has a beret hanging off of it. Oh <laughs> okay, that's actually really cute. <laughs> so the cows are one side of this we will not talk about the cows at all again this episode until they come back for something else i don't want the they listeners to think that we're talking about landscapes because we're not um <laughs> so the other type of painting that becomes popular in the netherlands and that is kind of seen in the Italian Renaissance. It is perfected up here. So you have now a religious society that is very rich and they want nice things and they like nice things and they don't want to feel guilty that they're rich because you know the Bible says all that stuff but like we're we're good people and we believe in God and we want our nice things. So you end up with a style of painting that is called a vanitas. Mm. Now, a vanitas mm -hmm. is a still life. And you look at the still life and it's beautiful and everything's gorgeous. And then you look a little closer and you realize that all the lemons have been peeled and 
all the walnuts have been cracked and those those flowers seem like they might be dying and that's a lot of bugs on this table what is going on here okay now the Dutch and Flemish were not just obsessed with decay. These paintings had a very, very specific point and a very specific place in this culture. They are to remind you. Yes. Look at you, rich guy. You got you got all your stuff. You got all your nice stuff. All this beautiful. Look at this beautiful. All these expensive. You got oranges. Are you kidding me? Citrus. In this economy, look at you. But just remember, just keep in mind, you're going to die. <laughs> it's all going to end. It's all, everything dies. You're going to die. Just don't forget while you're enjoying all your nice stuff. Death is inevitable and God is inevitable. So this ties really in. If you are a Bible person or you grew up Christian, this is basically the book of Ecclesiastes which begins vanity, vanity, everything is vanity, or in a different translation, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. There is nothing new under the sun. There is only God. My mom Basically, constantly says that there's nothing but, new under the sun. <laughs> exactly. But that is basically this idea is that like every experience, every human experience you have, every emotion you feel, everything is like someone else has had those experiences. Like your life is unique because it's yours. But in the scheme of the universe and the world, it's never happened before. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it ties really deeply into that part of the Bible that it sounds like people were kind of obsessed with. It's so interesting that they would be aware of that, obviously, because religion was so, you know, still prevalent Mm -hmm. in like literally everyone's lives, even against their will. But also just to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to have a painting to keep me humble. And, like, I wonder what that actually is doing psychologically. Like, if you actually are taking in that message. So, the painting isn't to keep you humble. The painting is to let all of your guests know that you are a godly man. And that you understand. to actually act as a reminder to that Yes. Which some people probably would have. You know, we all have a thing in our house where we're like, Oh, that's my Philadelphia Flyers clock. It makes me remember to beat the shit out of the day and just continue going. <laughs> the fucking broad steep bullies are the only thing that keep me getting out of bed in the morning or whatever you've got. Um, yeah. So there's, but this, it is such a, I, it is my favorite genre of painting is the Vanitas. Because not only does it encap, like it truly is just artists showing off. When you're doing a still life, your point is to show off. I can paint glass. I can paint lemons. I can paint birds and fruit. And I have this complete breadth of knowledge um, and skill set. The Vanitas truly does take it to the next level because the whole point is that you're looking at this and it is supposed to look like someone has just stepped out of frame, basically. Like someone has just enjoyed all this wine and enjoyed all this food and and now they are stepping out of frame. You're supposed to be distinctly aware that there has been a human presence affecting this space. 
It also allows artists to, oh, not only can I paint the outside of oranges, I can paint this rind spinning around and what the inside of an orange looks like. It's very, um, it's, it's very fun. I just love it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite uh, curatorial jokes that I have ever seen in my life. We were at the Getty. And they had an exhibit of Marie Antoinette's furniture mm-hmm. from Versailles. Mm-hmm. And whoever that curator was put all of this opulent furniture in a room. And then every painting on the wall was a different Vanitas. I was so happy. And I was like, I think I might be the only person, aside from whoever that curator was, to enjoy this. Yeah, because I really saw that funny. exhibit and I definitely did not think about Register that. that. <laughs> <No>. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But also you couldn't get close enough for me to probably see those paintings with my horrible eyes. I was like leaning in so hard trying to like look at the oh! <laughs> I do get in trouble from like I can't at see. galleries getting too close to paintings. I've gotten in trouble for that a lot. Yeah, I can't That's fair. see. I want to see the textures. <laughs> Okay, so now that we've done the context, you guys, the context. You know I love some fucking context, bro. All right. Our girl, our girl, Rachel Roish, was born June 3rd, 1664. All of my little astrology BBs. What is she? Who is she? Uh, Tell me. Gemini? Um, Is she a Gemini? I think so. When's your birthday, Katrina? May 22nd, but I'm at the beginning. Yeah, she, so yeah, so Gemini. so she would be in Gemini with you. Mm-hmm. So she was born to a scientist, and the daughter of a scientist, I think, was the. Uh... Oh no, her mother was the daughter of an architect. So, okay, Frederick Roish is Rachel's father. He is a scientist. She spends her early years helping him prepare specimens. He collects wet specimens, curiosities. He has human body parts. He has animal parts. He has bugs. She, he has a butterfly collection. Um, he's got flowers. It's all kinds of stuff. And a lot of her interest and ability ends up being credited to him and when I say ability I I don't mean her painting ability although he did rudimentary painting and he taught her a little bit Uh, but she would spend all of her time painting his specimens and because she had access to these specimens she didn't have to do what other artists did which was either work from dried flowers or seasonally Because if you can't get access to the flower, except for June through July, that's the only time you can paint it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she has access year round. Um, She also has close up access to a lot of things that other artists who were doing still lives at the time wouldn't have had. Bugs, butterflies, birds. That's what I was thinking to be able to watch like a bird not move. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. So that is um, really like a true leg up on the competition at that point. 
Um, when she is 15, so this is 1679, she is apprenticed to an artist named Willem von Eilst. Um, and this is where <laughs> the Artemisia. Yeah. Oh, no. This is like, no, this is where this Artemisia deserved this because Willem not only doesn't rape Rachel. Oh, thank God. I thought no. <laughs> this was going no, in a like, different direction. This is just, this is what Artemisia deserved because Rachel has a successful apprenticeship with an artist who understands her talent and the two of them end up basically creating the genre of the Dutch still life together mm. because she is Aww. so talented. Um, he teaches her, I know he teaches her how to pose flowers so that they don't look rigid so that there's more spontaneity and dynamism within her still lifes, because that is a problem that you run into when you're painting a still life is yeah. it they can look very rigid and very controlled and you don't have a lot of like movement so he teaches her how to set up these bouquets um which they become her signature these like triangle and again yeah. we're back to that renaissance triangle we've got stability we've got movement we've got bold um with almost like a this is I love the color she uses. They're all saturated. Oh and yeah, no. For this time, you I know love what I mean. All like the dark colors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely there's there's a lot of like darkness and light, but also like yes. she is using a lot of really bright, bold like yeah. reds and pinks and golds and like they're it's really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and we have um, this is the basically the dutch baroque um yeah. these are like caravaggio lights this is a lot of high contrast shadows is this also the time when tulips were worth like thousands of dollars or did that come later i feel like the tulip crisis happened later but let me double check because that was one thing i forgot to look up um because you can't talk about the Dutch without not Tupac. Come on. Remember that time their whole economy imploded because they someone invested thousands of dollars into tulip bulbs? Yeah, so that actually was before she was born. Um because yeah. she was born in 1664. So about 30 oh, years wow. beforehand was when the tulip crisis happened. Oh, interesting. Um, so it had already sort of burst by then. Yes, the yes, it absolutely, it, it was gone, done. Qu quick short history. If you're not familiar with the tulip crisis, basically what happened is um, the Dutch started making tulips in all these like interesting varietals. Like they started like this one has stripes and this one has this and this one has that. And they had cultivated so many different types of tulips that they started using them as sort of like a status symbol. Like the more rare ones, people essentially, it was like the Beanie Babies of <laughs> the Dutch where they're like 
this one's limited edition and it's well i got this one and it's discontinued so that's gonna be six hundred dollars and now all those beanie babies are fucking useless because you should not invest in things like beanie babies or tulips or nfts because they're not fucking real i mean tulips are real but but it's like last long but yeah it's a flower that dies yeah and like by its nature should not be something you would invest in right like that I think if I think if you're coming right out of a tulip crisis and you're painting flowers with dead bugs on them, I feel like that is part of the vanitas of that is that specific lesson specific to your culture of like, hey, that shit is impermanent. That shit will die. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like that builds into mm. the the flowers and the still lives because a lot of them do feature, you know, these interesting, beautiful tulips. So I wonder, you know, it feels like that might be part of that choice, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, it is. De- so I, the tulip crisis thing brought up tulip crisis Bitcoin. And so now people are just writing articles about Bitcoin being the next tulip mania, um, which is hilarious to me. Why are we, why are we truly doing this? Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, no. And so this is like, just, just best case, knocking them out of the park. She is just painting, painting, painting. As she gets older, she is she joins a guild, um, and I had the name of it written down, and I'm so sorry. So at 29 in 1693, she marries another artist. <gasps> we love it. Yes, we stand an art couple. Yes, we love it. We love an art couple. We love this one so much, you guys. So much. Positive and supportive husband instead of a douche that stole all her ideas and credit. Oh my God, you have no idea. I'm gonna gonna say a thing that you guys are gonna not be ready to hear. Okay. Oh God, here we go. So we actually have a painting. It's their family portrait. I think I read somewhere that they had like 10 kids. Yeah, so this group they photo where the three of it's uh, two adults and a child. That yeah. is that is Rachel and her husband um, and one of their babies. His name is Jurian Poole. Um, he was a portrait artist, so he's also an artist. Did they collab on this painting? Uh, no, I don't believe that they did. But... I wanted to point out something. I was reading uh I was reading a biography on her and they pointed something out. Okay. In the background and you can't really see it in this picture is an easel with a canvas on it. He is pointing at the canvas and he oh, has see. his arm around her in this like kind of this gesture of like Pointing out the canvas, pointing out, out my wife. Uh huh. He was trying to say, and I read this in the thing, that he was indicating that she was the real talent. Aww. That's, that's so really sweet. sweet. Yeah, that's what he that's was what we incredibly all hope for. supportive of her. And you guys will understand why when I say this next part. In Rachel's lifetime, 
her paintings were selling for more than what Rembrandt could sell his paintings for. Wow. Yes, girly. Get that business. Her paintings went for so much that she only had to paint a few paintings a year to support her family. Literally my dream. Yes. <laughs> I want longer naps. I want to you be want laying down. You want 10 kids. Yeah. She looks chill as fuck in this painting. That's what I was thinking yeah. was I love that she painted herself like loud, like I, She didn't paint this one. Oh, um, this is this portrait of them for by someone else. For yeah. whatever reason, on my phone, I can pull the people out of this Oh, painting. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that a thing with iPhones? Yeah. yeah. What? Oh. Yes, I just did it. Oh. <laughs> I didn't it know that. Mine, mine like started doing it by accident when I would just touch one. I was like, oh, look at that. That happens now. That's so Okay, weird. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> didn't know this. I thought it was a feature of the file no. that Jordan had sent. I was like, it's magical. No. Katrina's like, yeah, no. I wanted you guys no. to be able to do this. He looks kind-hearted. Like he looks like he the looks really guy sweet. That yeah, that supportive. What's so cute? He has like a little pot belly, you know. Like he's just like he's like my wife is amazing. She's just you know what? I wouldn't have my head screwed on if it were for her. Like that's him. Is he's like she's just so incredible. Wow, I really just I I you I know? love that you're making him young Santa. He's not like he's like. A- <laughs> He like is a friendly look at first off they're dr- he's dressed like um one of the founding fathers. So for I you mean, to, that's I had funny. to I had to already readjust when you told me he was a good guy. I don't know um, why I gave him a Midwest dad's accent, but <laughs> you made him sound like he loves the bears, which is fine, but the <laughs> bears, the bulls, not as good as my wife. That's how you sound exactly like. Like you sound like he's bragging about her painting and also her tuna casserole. You know what it is? It's I. I was doing my dad's voice specifically because that is how my dad talks about my stepmom, and it's really Aww, cute. That he's is like, sweet. You know, girl, I'm just so lucky that she puts up with me. It's just Aww. really amazing. And I'm like, yeah, Aww. no, I agree with you. <laughs> That's cute. So this one is Michael Van Moosher. Moosher. Uh, and it is portrait of an artist in her studio or allegory of the artist in her studio. Oh, so this isn't a painting That's... by her. It's a painting of her. Painting of her. Oh. So our girl is... is just crushing Killing it. it. Well, it almost Killing looks like she's it. wearing some type of gold medal. And I don't know yeah. if that's like a best in show situation. It's like a sash slash she gold medal. She looks like Lady Justice won a pageant. Like yeah, she's yeah, got yeah. all yes. these like Grecian almost like draped cloth on her. Yes. She does so look I- like she's tripping on acid a little bit with this cherub up here <laughs> and like the look in her eyes. But whatever. Well. So this was actually not the full painting, and I didn't realize it wasn't the full painting. Um, and based on, I haven't looked at any of Mikhail Van Moosher's uh, other work. I believe that he's a classicist based on how many uh, Greek and Roman statuary mm-hmm. busts are around her in this. Um, and it's also, if he's painting her as an allegory, you're going back to the Romans. You're just okay. you're doing it. All the the muses and the it's uh it's a whole thing. So that's probably why she's painted like that. Okay. Um, also, he included her flowers in the corner. 
Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, amazing. And this painting, which I sent you guys. Uh, Is that painting in the Louvre? I don't know, actually. I thought I it was like in I've seen it North before. Carolina, but. Oh, I'm way wrong. Straight um, up, a lot of those old paintings look the same to me. I have a oh, hard time. I'm like, yeah, absolutely just, you know. fair. Oh yeah, and then I forgot in this one, uh, you can see because her bouquet in the family portrait, her bouquet yeah. is set up on the mm-hmm. table. Yeah, really, just honing in on the she's the talent. I love it so much, you guys. <laughs> it makes me so happy. And other artists are like, this is art. This yeah. is what an artist looks like. It's great. Yeah. That's what I was really thinking about is like, obviously it's great that especially a female artist of this time was in a relationship with someone that would recognize that. But for yeah. other artists of the time to also real time pay respect to her is also oh, yeah. awesome. Um, well, and part of that too. So in 1701, she becomes the first female member of a guild, uh, and oh, that wow. is the Artist Society in The Hague. What? Um, yeah, so she's a member of the yes, guild. girl. Now, there, she was not the only female member, but the thing that is very specifically mentioned in this article from the National Gallery that I truly love is that the guild did not specify what medium people used. So you had textile artists, embroidery artists, you had woodworkers. So that's the, that's part of why I brought up how important textiles were in this society, in this market, because it's making money. Like these women are not just, you know, staying. This is what is fueling the economy and Mm -hmm. everybody is making money off this hand over fist Mm -hmm. it's just booming so rachel takes on four male apprentices get it girl and yeah so she's now teaching she's taking on apprenticeships she has a workshop she can one ends- of you apprentice my kids? Can one of you just one of the apprentice just takes care of those ten kids? <laughs> Keep them out of the paint. And at this time, so a little bit about like apprenticeship. At this time, like if you're a new apprentice, like your first jobs are like cleaning the studio, mixing paint, like you're grinding. So yeah. like to create oil paint, at this time you buy pigments. And then you create the oil paint yourself by mixing the pigments with oil. And it's a great way. You basically like make your own paint every day. It's a process because it's difficult to store. So your apprentice is making your paint. They're cleaning your palette. They're, you know, doing these other tasks before they even get to touch a brush. Yeah, it's it's like a tattoo apprenticeship, basically, where you have mm-hmm. to like just you're you're the studio bitch before anything else. Basically. Happens. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people, like a lot of when you are an apprentice, a lot of your work is, or in if you're in, in, in an artist workshop, and we see this in the Renaissance, where someone like Michelangelo would have a workshop, and he would have, or Da Vinci, and they would have their apprentices paint their work. They would do the mm-hmm. outline, and then their apprentice would fill it in. It's, it's why the body of work is so huge. 
this artists today, if any like top tier artists doing a lot of sales, I know for sure James Jean. I know for sure Amir Fala. They are not painting all of their own work. They're there. They're part of the process. They're designing it. They're filling in the important parts. Kahinde Wiley. These artists have apprentices. If you see the output of famous artists and you're like, how do they paint so fast? How do they paint so much? They do not. They have apprentices or just workshops. Like Kahinde Wiley yeah. has a whole workshop of people that create his work. So yeah. if you're an artist and you're feeling bad about your output, stop. <laughs> like It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're one person. You're one human being. Everybody else has a whole setup. They've got robots to paint this shit for them. Uh, yeah, I I yeah. mean, I'll even occasionally hire assistants to do basic things like help me pack packages. When I did my um my cloud piece, I hired someone to cut all the flowers out. I hired someone to to build the cloud itself. I hired someone to put the centers on all the flowers because there were 300 of them. So like <laughs> All of these tasks, like as artists, the the further you get, the more that you're utilizing the help of other people to actually be able to create at that scale. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, don't feel bad. <laughs> Please don't feel bad. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was my tangent rant. No, 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 no. It's it uh, absolutely is relevant, especially she had four art, uh, four apprentices. Um and I, twice I, as many kids. <laughs> Again, I I don't actually know how many kids she had. I just thought I read somewhere that it was 10. Um, the problem I mean, when I do these episodes is I'm like, okay, I have studied her in my degree. I've written a lot of papers. Half of this is like, okay, I remember this from a lecture and half of this is okay. I reread that section in the textbook. <laughs> what's her name? Like, what's how do you spell her name? It's uh, Rachel is spelled normal, and then Roish is R U Y S C H. Fact check: She actually did have ten children. Well, it says she yes! bore ten children. So well, that's what I was just gonna lived. think. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was gonna think. She she made ten children at the very okay. least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I feel so much better about like because oh, I do. You guys ever that do that, that where you end up logging in your brain? Yeah, where you're like. Okay, wait, I thought I knew this until I said it out loud, and now yeah. I'm unsure. Oh, that's all the information I've ever had. I don't remember <laughs> where I read or hear anything, so no one ever believes me, and then they'll look it up, and I'll be like, yeah, I knew I was right. I just didn't know the right time period or person. I'm always just like, <laughs> yeah, that guy that did that thing, and you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I sound like I'm playing charades with facts all the time. <laughs> but I'm like, no, but I know this. Yup, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, she also won the lottery at one point. What? Uh, so they so her and that? her husband, yeah, her and her husband just were like financially stable. They also, just never had to worry about anything. Between her selling the paintings and the lottery. This bitch. What was the lottery like back then? Did she have like a scroll oh, I have she unraveled? no idea. <laughs> it's like Roman numerals and like a bunch of, she's like, it's us, we hit. Like I. That's more like if the Flintstones did the lottery. And then they yeah, just yeah, get yeah. a thousand uh, tulips, right? <laughs> That's a, They're like, sadly, we can only, you can take one lump sum or we can give you tulips throughout the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. Oh, okay. She also 
yeah, like just to double back on the 10 kids thing, um, she was able to paint because of how well her paintings sold. They were able to hire a nanny. Hell yeah, right. bro. This is <laughs> the life go. I want, bro, except for 10 yeah. kids. I'll settle for two. But like, this is yeah. the life that I want. No, she just like, she truly, it's just amazing. Oh, well, I was thinking about what she was, Jordan was saying though, Andrea, in terms of legit you personally is like, she just hit so many good times. Like the time for art, the time for people to have the money to spend on art, like all of that kind of syncing up. Well, and also she with her dad collecting court curiosities. Also, yeah, that's (laughs) true. Well, she also didn't get married till she was twenty nine, which for this time is is very old. Yeah, like she got to be a whole person before someone even like you know. And she was nurtured; her talents were nurtured by her husband. People, no, her dad. Oh, right, her other apprenticeship. Like she just like kept. Everyone that was supposed to nurture her did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the the man that she did the apprenticeship under was a kind and good man from what I can tell. I thought she was lucky before you said she won the lottery. (laughs) Well, and at this time you would actually pay, like your parents would pay to apprentice you to someone, which means Mm. her parents believed in her enough that they were like, this is worth it. Yeah. yeah, which for the time for your parents to do that for you as a woman, they'd be like, it's a waste of time. You're just going to marry a dude and have a bunch of kids. Like, yep. we're not spending money on that. Yeah, Like, she really got, I mean, in many ways got lucky because she had support, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, very quick anecdote uh, about her four male apprentices. Um, she sued another workshop, like a, another artist who ran a workshop because one of her apprentices went to work at the other place mm. without getting approval through the guild. Um, so she sued because she lost her apprentice and the apprentice's family had to pay her and the other artist had to pay her. Wow. Because wow. he basically stole her job. That was her, her, well, what he's stealing, oh, you're saying, yeah. stealing quote unquote, from... is like the knowledge of her style and technique. Right, that's what I was that thinking. he then is went taking to, to a new studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So she just like it all, it all worked out, you guys. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel Royce lived to be eighty years old, and she painted for pleasure. Like up until her 80s, she was still painting. It's kind of nice to have an ending where it's just like, and then it was all just fun. And then she (laughs) died happy doing what she loved. She was still painting. It was still, and there's actually um, one of the articles that I read, they mention at the end, like, you know, flowers and still lifes and all of this, it had fallen out of fashion by the time that she passed away. But her reputation was so strong that her work was still popular. It's wow. also yeah, it's also one of those things where she is a female artist from the 1600s whose work is not lost to time. 
lost to the name of her husband lost mm-hmm. to miss Asher miss attribution to another male artist like mm. this is it just it all works out it all mm-hmm. works out and it makes me so happy and Aww. she just got to have this it makes me yeah. love her paintings even more that there's not anything sad behind them you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like we learned yeah. so much about artists that I look at their art differently, not in a bad way, but just in a more knowledgeable way that sometimes just makes you feel a lot more for them in that yeah. and, you know, just sadness sometimes. But I also, even when do saying her piece is standing out, I have always, even now in clothing and like prints that I pick out for like personal stuff, I love black backgrounds. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of even portraits that I, somebody, I was just talking to someone at a party about art and he was like, oh my God, I have to show you my favorite painting. And it was this painting that in the corner, there was a crying clown. What? And it was, it was a portrait like kind of other ones that we've looked at where like, remember that painting we were looking at where there was that dog in the background, like getting, like having an issue and the lady, it was uh, one of Artemisia Galeshi's, I think. Oh yeah. It was kind of one of those things where like, there was a lot of people and then just one sad clown, but it was, I was talking to him about it. Cause I was like, I love paintings like this where like everything is technically dark, but it's so well lit that it's bright. It's like all of the mm-hmm. colors are dark, but you can still see everything. And I feel like she has yeah. that technique, uh, like a version of that that I love. Yeah, yeah. All it's, the like, time. it's Baroque. It's, it's mm-hmm. very emotional just in the lighting. Mm-hmm. Like yes. it's dramatic. Baroque yes, is emotion go. and drama. It's the it's the Geminis of the world. <laughs> yeah. Drama. <laughs> Oh, I love her so much. She is, it's so, I also feel messed up because you kept saying that she got what um, so many other artists that we talk about deserve. Yeah. And I feel bad that my version of that wasn't it not happening at all, just that it happened and she was still justified. Like I didn't think for a second that she could have... An appre- like an apprenticeship that didn't end in some kind of violation. I just That's, thought that yeah. she would get violated and then someone would no. get in trouble for it. Like the fact that nothing <laughs> happened. And I was like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Because you were no. like, no, nothing happens. And I was like, oh, I'm a monster. Like, I- No, you're not a monster. It's how we treat women. I like, know, but I, even- I know I'm not a monster. But I was like, oh, I couldn't even think the, the, the nicest thing. It didn't no, even exactly. enter my mind. Yeah. And it's just part of it, too. I'm doing all this research and I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting yeah. for I'm like, OK, for the, the next part is going to be bad. The next. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, she got married. Okay, here it comes. No. Oh, he like thought that she was a better painter than him. Okay. No. Mm. Oh, she ended up as the first female member of the artist society. Okay. Well, they're going to like try to ruin her. No, she's got an apprenticeship and a workshop now. It just kept. She won the fucking lottery. She won the lottery. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like Like, literally in life. And then you said, oh, by the way, she won the lottery. Which like. It was. It may have been one of the first lotteries. We don't even know. Like, yeah, I have no idea. I didn't look like, into I heard the about lottery this new system. Thing called the lottery, and then I won it. Like, she's That's doing, so funny. That yeah, the best. no, and like even Judith Leister, who had a similar, you know, she had a a 
a, an apprenticeship. She was well regarded. She was incredibly well regarded during her lifetime and her peers thought that she was amazing. She ended up being forgotten for 200 years because her works were attributed to her husband. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until they were like, wait a second, this is not his work. This is Judith Leister. And now her work is actually being attributed to her. But that never happened to Rachel. Rachel Royce well, right. just got to that, be. <laughs> was that yeah. an accident or because some her husband pushed it? Or did that just happen? Was that she just, just happened. Right. Um, a lot of times she would be referred to as his wife. Right. So like the painting was done Those by assumptions. his wife. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets shortened and shortened until it's, it's just, just his. his. Yeah. wife a yeah. woman painting can't be must be her husband <laughs> yeah but no and rachel's husband she is the greater talent i loved that it really well, reminds also, me he they had like painted documentation that if they would have seen anything with his name on it he's like no 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's just he's a cool ass dude who like yeah. genuinely cared about her and wanted to support her like that's so cool like yeah. especially for this time like for a dude to be that dope is like amazing yeah it's it just it's it's my favorite i wanted i wanted we on this podcast tell the story of human suffering and female suffering quite a bit. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to give you guys the the boring, it all works out and it's She beautiful. won the lottery, Jordan. She won the lottery. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Roll us out of here. Thank you so much, Jordan. That was the best. That was the most amazing. That was one of the most feel good episodes I think we've had. Like, I don't think we could have closed this out this year out on a better note. Thank you. No one got cheated on or an STD or lost their husband or got lied to or assaulted. I love it. No one had to paint in front of a jury. Nothing. Right. Yeah. No. She just she got the story that should be commonplace. It should it should be. We do wish how all all of our episodes go for women is and then this happened and then she was a painter and then she was happy and then she died. That should be. And she got good dick every day and three square meals and yeah, like and just ten like fucking kids. Won the lottery. Is... Like... I love the entrees. Like what's the happiness of life? Three hots and a cock. That's all yeah. I need. Like don't. <laughs> don't. Oh my god! That's why Andrea gets so mad when her power goes out. It's that is why. <laughs> my food is cold. I'm upset. I want my three hots and a cock. Oh and her god. boyfriend's too tall to be able to navigate. When <laughs> He's the lights just bumping are out. into objects in the dark. Yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> giant man. I'm hungry. He's lost. It's not working out. <laughs> Oh my god. We're having a tough time. Thank you Uh, all so much for listening to another episode and possibly a bunch of episodes of us doing this podcast this year. Um, Yeah. If you like listening to us, you can follow us at Pavantgarde on Instagram and Twitter and look up our RSS feed at P O D V A N T G A R D E. 
Um, and if you want to become a Patreon member and listen to the super righteous extra episodes that we have, um, like art, artist fist and, fighting. Yo, you like guys, Andrea my mom, just- <laughs> my mom signed up for the Patreon to listen to the art beef episode. Yes! It's the funniest more, episode. More it's people, the, one of the best episodes. More people should be like Jordan's mom. I, <laughs> I would love to see. I dare you to regret spending $5 on our Patreon or whatever it is to listen <laughs> to our at the very least. Um, but yeah, there's a link to the Patreon in the description for this episode. And if you like me as a person, uh, I'm Katrina three hots at a cock Davis. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and everywhere that people do internet stuff at Katrina Savad, S-I-V-A-D. It's just Davis backwards uh, on all of the things. If you want to come see me do stand-up or whatever. yeah, Please go see Katrina do stand-up. She has a stand-up <laughs> special out. She is fucking crushing it. She just got listed on NPR's yeah. Bullseye. What's up? You can go listen to that episode and get a sneak peek of her and our friend Crystal Adams. Yeah. It's a great episode. Super good. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess another thing about the Patreon, just like business, business time. Um, so we pay our editor every month. We pay him for every episode. He makes one hundred and twenty dollars to edit it. We think that's a really fair price, and we don't want to reduce that price because he fucking deserves it. So part of the reason that we have the Patreon is so that we can pay our editor. Um, and if you want more episodes, if enough people join the Patreon, we can start putting out more episodes, but we just don't want to be at such a deficit because we're all independent struggling artists ourselves. So if you join the Patreon because you want more episodes, you can unlock all those bonus episodes. And hopefully as that number increases, we can start to do them weekly again. That's our goal. So literally two thirds of this podcast is possibly unemployed right now. So yes. And I'm self-employed, and I don't know what my taxes are going to be. Go ahead and and, go ahead and click that link and smash that subscribe button. (laughs) 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 Whatever. Yeah. Oh shit. Very very unemployed, and I'm. Here's the thing about sometimes when you're an artist. Sometimes you make negative money. Like sometimes you're like, yeah. that job seems fine. And then you do it and you're like, I think I made $5 an hour. <laughs> like, why did yep. I do this? Yep. Um, so yeah, speaking of <laughs> oh, art, if you want to buy my art, you can go to andreagazetta.com slash shop. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's at andreagazetta, A-N-D-R-E-A-G-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A, baby. That Baby. almost sounded like how Usher spells his name. G-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. <laughs> and then Come everyone. What you want to do with me. And then everyone got herpes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get herpes from this beautiful art. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Usher's penis, you can't get herpes from this podcast or my art. Thank you so much. Um, Oh, I guess shows. If you listen to this episode before 
like the second week in January. Uh, if you're in LA, I have a show currently up at the Corey Helford Gallery. It's a last unicorn show. It's so cool. I love the piece I made, and literally, it's all unicorns. So if you like unicorns and the show The Last Unicorn, you should go check it out. Um, I will also be at a show in Australia at Vine Art Gallery. I believe it's in. Vic, V-I-C, wherever that is. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm bad at geography of Australia specifically. That's in January. That should be opening the end of January, like the 27th. And then I'm also going to be in a show uh, at Antler and Talon Gallery um, in April. So whenever you hear this episode, if it's within that month. I can't wait for people to DM us and tell us that it's Vike or something weird. Right? (laughs) I'm joking. I don't I'm sorry. Australia. No, it's great. And also, joke. I can't wait to go see Andrea's last unicorn piece. It's there until the 21st. I aggressively looked it up because the gallery is open like the end of every week. Um, it's only so three days. Sure, yes, I wanted to make sure that I had time to see it. You can go see it if you live in LA. And I got to go see it at her apartment before it was even I possibly done and I literally got lost looking at this painting like I forgot that Andrea was standing behind me and was just like looking at all of the different worlds that she created in this painting it's so cool what's really in LA go check it out what's really funny is so like the opening night happened and a lot of people really like my piece but they don't write your name next to it it's like the one where they have numbers and then you have to get Uh, the list to like see who wrote it or whatever uh oh yeah 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 this thing happened to me I'm in this show with so many very famous artists and this thing happened where like a lot of people were really gravitating towards my piece but because I'm not famous no one recognized me and so when they went to take the artist photo they like I was talking to another one of the artists who's like really famous and the photographer came up and was like, Hey, we need you for the art. You know, I want to get your photo. And then my friend was like, Hey, Andrea, aren't you supposed to be in that photo? (laughs) Uh, And so I was like, I had to ask the photographer and then he's like, wait, which piece is yours? And I was like, that one. He's like, Oh, that was really good. I was like, thanks. So it was like a really funny situation. Um, (laughs) Anyways. What about you, Jordan? (laughs) Uh, I will be in Las Vegas for New Year's <gasps> Eve going hey! to Golden Knights versus Preds, probably hitting the strip club. I found a place that makes some kind of lobster stuffed potato. Uh, oh, my God. So- I thought you were going to say makes a lobster stuffed strip club. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to the fucking... The surf and turf strip club. No, you um, pick out your lobster, then you pick out your lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. Do y'all like clams? Okay. <laughs> God, it's my Damn favorite Andre. thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know if y'all need the party friends. I love somewhere it. Somewhere else, I'm not the fun friend. Uh. I, I didn't expect you to say that. I just love that that was the end. It's like I'm gonna be in Vegas. Hit me up in the strip club. If you need somebody to have a drink so long it requires a necklace, hit me up. Like, I'm your girl. Yeah. Also, if you want any sort of artwork that contains like 600 eyes, please call Jordan. Yes. Oh, and I have been working on a new, a new to me crochet technique of color work. So I have some fun shit 
come and yay uh, absolutely just to show to the world we'll see exactly um but yeah you can find me on instagram and instagram only the goonie bird and goonie bird crafts um yeah that's yeah I realized I have a Facebook, but I don't have the app on my phone anymore. And the other day, like, it still will post for my Instagram. And the other day, I was like, oh, it's been over a month. And I haven't checked it. And I went and there's people asking me questions. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a business tool. I forgot. Amazing. Whoopsies. Amazing. But we love you guys. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. We love you. And we Bye. hope you have an amazing year. Thank you for spending your year with us. Oh, Andrea froze for goodbye. <laughs> oh, no, I'm oh. here. Can you oh, there you are. Hello. Do it again. Do it again. That's so funny. Okay, we get to say goodbye again because Andrea's unfrozen. Thank you for oh, listening yeah. to Pavant Guard. We love you. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.